0: Welcome to the Crazy Chicken People podcast. If you're crazy about chickens, then you're in the right place. Hey, what's up chicken people? Thank you so much for joining me again today on the Crazy Chicken People podcast. I am your host, Thomas Xenos, and today we are talking about the top 10 mistakes that chicken keepers make. And I would like to say before even getting started, don't take this as a shot or feel bad if I imply here that maybe something you're doing is incorrect, because I will tell you that at some point I have definitely been guilty of every single item on this list. And that's okay. That's part of learning. I don't think very many people, if any, start off their chicken adventure with the full range of knowledge that they need to care for a flock of chickens. If you did, that's awesome for you. But for the rest of us, it was trial by fire. I am always trying to improve the way that I care for my chickens. I know that there's a lot of things that I don't know how to do. So looking at mistakes that I have made or might possibly make in the future just helps me to take better care of my flock, which I think is what we're all after. So, with no further delay, I will get right into this list, and somewhere along the way here, I will have an update on my girl Goldilocks, who is doing better, which I'm happy about, but still working through some things. Okay, number 10 is overlooking molting season. I know we covered this recently, so not going to spend a ton of time on it, but it's a good reminder that during this time, it is important to take extra special care of your chickens So keep in mind things like handling them a little bit less often when they seem to not want it, reducing any added stress in their world that you can help alleviate, feeding the higher protein snacks to help them rebuild feathers are all things that you want to keep in mind as you start to walk around your coop and run and notice that your birds are starting to drop feathers. You know, it's a short part of the chicken's year, but it is an important time to give them the extra attention that they need so that they can work through it quickly. All right. On to number 9, which is improper feeding practices. Feeding chickens should be a pretty simple thing. And it generally is. But you want to avoid getting into any bad habits that could eventually lead to serious consequences for the overall health and well-being of your chickens. Your flock needs a balanced diet that provides the right combination of protein, carbohydrates, fats, vitamins and minerals like calcium and phosphorus, which without Your flock is susceptible to nutrient deficiencies that can lead to some long-term health problems like growth issues, a weak immune system, digestive problems, and unneeded feather loss. Fortunately, good feeding practices are really easy to make a habit of. To start off, you want to find a good quality feed. You know, just like when you buy food for yourself or for your family, the cheapest food you can find is probably not a great option. Those types of feeds are made of the cheapest ingredients that can be sourced and is about as processed as you can get. Finding one that is a high quality and then sticking to that brand is what's important. You know, brand to brand, feed can vary a little bit and regularly switching between feeds can possibly lead to some like minor digestive issues. You want to try to stay as consistent as you can with the feeds that you use. And picking the right feed for the stage of their life is also very important. You've got starter feeds, grower feeds, and layer mixes. These are all designed for chickens at different stages of their life, and it is important that they get the right one at the right time. You want to try to limit the high-calorie, low-nutrition treats that you feed your birds. The breads, pasta, foods that are high in sugar and salt or very processed, they're just not beneficial for your chickens. Consider swapping those things out for a snack like raw vegetables, fruit, Your chickens will be just as happy to get those thrown their way as they will the other stuff, and they'll be way better off for it. Any opportunity you can give your flock to free range and forage around for bugs and wild plants is also going to be very good for them. Okay, number eight is inadequate ventilation in the coop. I think I mentioned this in an earlier episode. This was something I had really messed up on the first coop that I had built. Ideally, you want enough airflow to make sure that you're not getting any buildup of stale air or very hot air in the summertime. Keeping the air moving through there is going to help keep moisture down, especially when it's wet outside, but this is very important all year long. Moisture buildup can lead to mold, and it creates an environment for pests like mites and flies to thrive in. Combined with regular cleaning, good airflow also helps keep that ammonia buildup down, If you live in a climate with really cold winters and you have a coop that isn't dry inside, it can become very uncomfortable for your chickens. So some things you can do to ensure you do have proper ventilation, make sure you've got some windows or vents or some sort of opening cut into your coop that allows fresh air to flow in and through the coop. You might want to find some vent covers or like a, almost like a shutter in case you need to close that thing up sometime when it's raining. And you can use these to help regulate the temperature in the summertime as well. It's very hot where we live, so I pretty much have all vents open during the summer with that solar-powered exhaust fan going to keep as much air moving through there as I can. Remember that keeping your coop properly ventilated requires some balance. You want to provide fresh air without causing drafts. You may find that during different seasons, you'll keep some vents open and some closed. Number seven is not having a good egg collection routine. I know that the recommendation is that you go out and collect twice a day, morning and afternoon, but that's just not doable for a lot of people, myself included. But it's important to make sure you have a routine and that you are at least collecting daily. I think for most of us, that's probably not an issue since getting eggs is a big reason we have chickens, anyways. But it's important to know the downside to not being consistent with collecting. When you allow eggs to sit in that roosting box for too long, you might find that your chickens start to peck at them maybe just because they're curious, but they can start to develop an egg-eating habit. You know, especially if that first peck is just to see what's going on, and then they find out that there's something in there that tastes good, you could start to develop some real issues. When eggs sit for too long, they can also start to accumulate some dirt or droppings and other debris on them. This can compromise the cleanliness and the quality of your eggs. And if you like to display them or share them with people, they may not be looking so well either. You may also find that eggs start to break if they're piled up too much in one nesting box. You know, as your girls are climbing in and out, they're going to be kicking those eggs around a little bit. And if there's too many of them in there, they're going to bump each other and eventually start breaking. This can also start to attract rodents and other insects into the nesting area, especially if an egg breaks in there. They might start to see that as a food source and be coming around a lot more often. You may also find that if a favorite roosting box starts to get too clogged up with eggs, Some of the hens might be discouraged from using that, so you don't want to break your chicken's laying habits by not giving them a good, clean, and comfortable place to put those eggs. So just make sure that you're collecting regularly, and you should be able to avoid most of those problems. Number six is ignoring behavioral signs of illness. If you're anything like me, you can sit and watch your chickens for hours, and hopefully it's one of the best parts of your day. I know I always feel much more at peace and just generally happy when I'm down there spending time with them, just watching them do their thing. But while doing this, it's important to watch your flock closely and be mindful of any abnormal behavior that might be an early sign that something is wrong. Like any social animal, chickens exhibit a range of behaviors that can provide some insight into their overall health and potential social issues that might be brewing. So you want to be alert to anything that seems out of the ordinary. If you notice sudden changes in behavior such as isolation, decreased eating, it could indicate an underlying issue with health or in the flock dynamic. And if you don't pay attention to these changes, you might miss the early signs of something that would otherwise be really easy to treat. So some things you should be on the alert for are chickens that are isolating themselves or continuously subjected to bullying. I mentioned my girl Goldilocks a few weeks ago she was isolating herself in the coop that she was in, which was so weird because she knew those chickens so well, but I saw that and I figured there had to be something wrong. And, you know, as I mentioned, I moved her over to the other coop. She got out. She was living on top of the run for a while. I did end up wrangling her in and bringing her back inside, uh, mended the hole that she had escaped through and she is doing better. She's eating with everybody, drinking, just kind of hanging out, but she still won't go in the coop. Um, at least not to sleep. And she recently started laying eggs and she's been doing this on the ground out in the run. So I've still got some things to work through with her. By really paying attention to these behaviors, you'll be able to detect issues early, intervene when necessary, and hopefully prevent any long-term health issues that could be developing. Number five is ignoring biosecurity. I remember the first time I heard the term biosecurity as it applies to chicken flocks, was when I had gone to buy some chicks from somebody. And I remember meeting this person at their front gate. And I guess I just assumed that they would invite me in and we'd go look at the chicks and I'd pick some out. But instead, it was like, hey, I need you to wait here. I'll go grab the birds for you to look at and I'll be right back. And I I just didn't understand this. I was like, did I give off a weird vibe or something? She mentioned when she got back, hey, sorry, I can't bring you in. You know, it's a biosecurity thing. And I just went with it like I'm not going to reveal that I don't know what that means. But as I looked into it, I started to understand why that was so important. And really the goal of having a biosecurity plan is just to prevent the introduction of any outside diseases that could impact your flock. For most of us, this is probably pretty simple. You just don't want to track anything from outside your house into the spaces that your chickens live. So if you spend time someplace where you might get some other bird poop or something like that on your feet, because it might not be a problem for them, but it could be a problem for your flock. So a few easy things you can do to help keep your flock safe is one, quarantine any new birds that you might bring home. I have read that two to four weeks of being separated is a good safe number. I usually just don't have the luxury of being able to house chickens separately for that long, but at least a few days or a week, I like to keep an eye on them. Just make sure that, you know, no respiratory issues or anything like that that they might be bringing in. With an average backyard flock, I don't think this has to be taken to an extreme, but the more birds you have, and especially if this is a business for you in any way, it does become more important to try to keep anything from the outside from getting to your birds. Okay, number four is failing to provide enough enrichment for your flock. You know, I see like a really nice chicken coop being built and a really good size run, giving the birds plenty of space to get around, but there's just nothing to do in there. And just like any other animal, chickens love to have something for some stimulation and engagement in the environment around them. And this has actually become one of my favorite things to do. Once a coop is built and all secure, uh, trimming it out with stuff on the inside for them to jump on and climb on or hide under it's kind of fun. You know, the hens definitely appreciate some good hiding spots, uh, especially when they don't feel in the mood for romance. And anytime I can bring anything in there that is just sort of more natural, they love it. There's a fallen tree out in one of our pastures. I go cut limbs off of that and take that in there. They love roosting and climbing on those. Maybe bringing in some chunks of logs, especially stuff that you can move around from time to time. You know, bugs will accumulate underneath these things. And then when you move it, That definitely gives the chickens something to do. When they're given the opportunity to scratch around and find food, I'm sure you've seen it. They just love it. So maybe scattering some treats or seeds or the chicken scraps around the run so that they do have to kind of run around and hunt it down and scratch for it. This mimics their natural behavior of scratching and searching for food, so it's really good for them. You might try hanging vegetables like cabbage or a head of lettuce from a string. Watching chickens peck and tug at that thing as it goes back and forth, and they're trying to dodge it one second and then get a bite of it the next. It's fun to watch, and it'll promote not just exercise and mental stimulation, but something for them to do together as a group. As long as there's plenty there, you shouldn't see any fights over it, but they do seem to have a lot of fun. You know, putting some sort of a mirror or reflective surface in there, chickens are curious, and they might enjoy kind of pecking at their own reflection or Seeing who's on the other side of that glass, not realizing it's them. Other items like puzzle feeders or treat dispensing toys that make chickens really work for their food. They love this. Creating little mounds and hills in the run, sort of giving them a different type of terrain. Something that you could possibly change every few weeks or couple months. Little tunnels and shelters. It could really provide them with a good way to spend their time. Okay, number three, not providing dust bathing areas. I think I was raising chickens for at least like six months, maybe longer than that, before I really understood the importance of this. You know, it serves several purposes that all tie to the overall health and should be looked at as just as important as any of the other things that you regularly do to keep your flock healthy. One of the things that dust bathing helps with is keeping their feathers clean. As they scratch and roll around in the dust, it'll absorb some of the oil and dirt and then gets kind of shaken off when they preen. It's also an effective way for chickens to control external parasites like mites and lice. The dust will adhere to these parasites and it should suffocate them and eventually have them fall from your chicken. There's a number of different mixes that you can use for the dust bath and I think you can find a few recipes online at least. Just keep in mind that chickens prefer a loose, dry and finely textured materials. Some options for that include just dry dirt, sand, heat moss, wood ash, and diatomaceous earth. You want to avoid any materials with like a strong odor or chemical-based, anything that can really irritate their skin or cause respiratory issues. Even diatomaceous earth should be used with some caution and after reading up on the risks of improper use. And you'll see they will instinctively just get in there and start scratching, kicking, and rolling around in the dust. I've actually put mine in a tub because it just didn't seem to work very well on the ground. I bought what was an extra large litter box, and that works really well. I've seen as many as two or three of them in there at a time, but typically they just take turns in it. Having it in that tub makes it easy for me to remove that, go refill it or clean it if needed, and then bring it back in. If you have a larger flock, you might consider multiple dust bathing areas, just so that nobody's getting left out or doesn't create any fights. Number two is underestimating the ability of predators. If you've been raising chickens for any length of time, I hope you haven't lost any, but probably you've at least seen that a predator has tried to get at your chickens. Until you raise chickens yourself, you probably never imagine how crafty a raccoon can be and how hard they will work to get at your birds. Any lock or latching device on your coop that a four-year-old child can open A raccoon will probably be able to get through. I know when I first started building my chicken coop, the first one that I did, I was kind of just using the materials that I had available. I understood that it needed to be a tight enough fence to keep any animals out, and I thought that was good enough. You know, I had seen so many people saying that half inch hardware cloth was the only way to go, and I was like, no way. I was using two by four no climb, heavy duty fencing. I thought, well, no raccoon is gonna rip through this, it's not gonna happen. Did not consider for a moment that they would just reach through there and be able to grab a chicken, which they do. And if a raccoon is able to reach through that fence and grab any part of your chicken, they're going to get part of that chicken. And that could mean that they've gotten a hold of a leg or their head and pulled it right through the fence. It's an awful thing to walk up on. You know, be it a raccoon, a fox, even rats that can dig well underneath a fence, it's like everything out there wants to eat your chickens. I've lost birds from coops that I had gone months or even over a year without ever having an issue. And I felt like, okay, that coop is secure. And then go out there one day and never even being able to identify how something got in. But you know, you go out and you find that your chicken has been killed after you put so much work into raising them. Certainly going forward, I know that keeping that coop and run just as tight as possible is definitely the way to go. If you're in a, a residential neighborhood, you probably don't have quite as many predators as those who live out on some acreage, but you're still going to get raccoons. You're still going to get rats, snakes, hawks flying overhead if your birds are you know running around in your yard. You know, I've even had one of our barn cats that killed a couple of our young chickens. Never would have thought that that was going to happen. I mean, he was a mean cat. I guess I should have seen it coming. But you go a while with your chickens Being okay, and you don't lose any, and maybe I got too comfortable thinking that they were safe. I guess it's impossible to guard from everything, but just don't underestimate what those predators will do to try to get to your chickens. All right, now the number one mistake made by most chicken keepers, and maybe I should note, I didn't just make this list up. I did do some research on it. I didn't find this exact list anywhere, but more kind of took the pulse of a bunch of different articles that I had read, and where these rank probably isn't totally important. Hopefully it's just here in one or two and it just serves as a good reminder to tighten up a little bit on those things. This is one that took me a while to really understand the importance of, and that is doing regular health checks on your chickens. You can kind of take a look as they're running around doing their thing, try to get an idea of if they're healthy or not, but until you really do like a full examination on one up close, it's hard to say what might be going on. So, Performing regular checkups on your flock, super important. It's going to enable you to identify health problems at their initial stages before they become severe. For me, I have found that it's easiest to do this at night once they've gone to bed. I do like using the headlamp, as I mentioned in an earlier episode. It makes it really easy to go in, always be able to see what you're doing, and have your hands free so that you can check the feet, pull back some of those feathers, look at the skin. You'll want to check for clear eyes and nostrils. Make sure there's no discharge or any sort of seepage coming from around the eyes. Get into their feathers and down to their skin. You want to check for any parasites like lice or mites that might be in there. Get a good look at the color and condition of their combs and wattles. Pale or discolored comb can indicate a number of health issues. It's funny, that thing almost acts as like a little beacon to let you know how they're doing. Make sure that the vent is clean You don't want to see any buildup of feces or swelling or any type of seepage happening down there. You should also be checking their poop on a regular basis. Consistency, color, these things can all indicate just how healthy or unhealthy a chicken might be. Observe them breathing. Make sure there's no signs of labored breathing or wheezing sounds, which could indicate a respiratory issue. And then, of course, just looking out for any sort of small wound or injury. You know, it might be hard to see a cut that a chicken has gotten, but when you've got them up close and and in your hands, just make sure that there's maybe nothing that happened in the past that's become infected that needs care. And remember that while you are handling your chickens for these health checks, make it a comfortable thing for them so that when they do see you come in every couple weeks when it's late at night, they know that everything's going to be okay. So that's the list. I'm sure that no one listening to this has every single one of those things as a current problem. But hopefully a couple of those items at least kind of got you thinking and considering if you know, that aspect of your chicken care does need a little improvement. I don't think anyone on here is professional chicken keepers. It's just something that we love to do. And knowing that you're doing right by your chickens and keeping them healthy, I think makes this all that much more enjoyable. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed it, would really appreciate if you'd go leave a rating or review. It really helps the show to get found. You and your flock have a great week and I will talk to you again soon.